in the horror genre. I'm your host, Nicole, and it's time to share another dark tale. Welcome back, weirdos. We have arrived at the last week of spooky season, and I hope you've been enjoying treats, movies, and uh, hopefully a haunt or two. I managed to make it back to Halloween Horror Nights this year, uh, despite living roughly a thousand miles away, and I am here to share my thoughts on this event once again. We've been planning a trip to Florida for a couple of months. We were going to be halfway to Florida for uh, another event and decided to just hack it on to the front of the trip. And um, we decided kind of last minute to go to Halloween Horror Nights. We were originally planning on doing Spooky Empire, um, but I wanted to wait and see kind of a final guest list for that and decided there wasn't really anybody I really wanted to meet uh, or hear a panel for. And so I thought, well, let's go to Halloween Horror Nights instead. Um, so just because the way the trip fell, the only night we could really go that was going to be convenient was on a Saturday. Um We've never been on a weekend before, and we didn't spring for the Express Pass because it was just going to be so expensive um, on a late October weekend. Um, But we thought, you know, we know the situation. We know it's going to be more crowded than usual. Like, we'll just deal with it. Um, But I will say I do not recommend going on a weekend unless you can spring for the Express Pass. If there's any way you can go earlier in the event or not on a weekend, by all means do it. Um, Because it was just really, really crowded. Um, But anyway, more on that later. So when we first got there, we almost always grabbed some food before at City Walk. And so we tried Big Fire and it was a lot of fun. Um, my husband and I like bourbon. And so somebody had told us that they had a good bourbon bar. And so we went there and um, everybody at the bar was just like in a really good mood and like super friendly. And the bartenders were great. Um, so that was like a great way to kick off the night. You know, we shared some food and had a drink and just like visited with all the people at the bar. So that was that was fun. So first I'll talk about the houses. Um, I was most excited about, I wanted to do Haunting of Hill House, Bride of Frankenstein, and uh, Texas Chainsaw. Those were the three that were the priority for me. And I've learned over the years, whatever you wanna do most, like you need to go do first because throughout the night, the lines are only gonna get longer. So we went to Hill House 
first, and it said it had a 45-minute wait right off the bat, which I was not encouraged by. However, we only waited in line like 20 minutes. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe this is how the night's going to go. Um, Haunting of Hill House was okay, but not great, which I was a little concerned about because Hill House is not a big, frantic, jump scare type show. It's very slow burn, very creepy, very atmospheric. And that's just not what they do at Halloween Horror Nights. You occasionally get one of those, but, um, you know, mostly it's a lot of lights, a lot of action, a lot of scare actors. Um, So I was interested to see how they would translate that. Um, But the way we were lined up, we sort of missed a lot of the actors. Um, Like they would pop out just before we got there or they'd pop out to the people behind us. So I feel like we missed a lot of um, maybe the bigger set pieces and moments just because our timing was off. But I will say the facade when you first walk in was fantastic. They went all out and did like the big facade of the house and the red glowing windows. That was great. And then um, they had the big tall man with the hat, the bowler hat and the cane. He was in there a couple of times and, and the way they had him move, he did just kind of float out and he was really great. Um the bent neck lady, I sort of missed again. Like it was my, the timing was just a little bit off. Um, but I feel like they definitely probably could have done a little bit better. Like it didn't really feel like you were in the house. It felt like you were, you know, in a haunted house with some Hill House set dressing. Um, the next one we did was Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein lives. And I love, love the classic horror houses. They're almost always the best. And um, it seems like they sort of universal sort of abandon their universal monsters for a while. But the past several events, there's there's been a, a classic monster house and they're always great. Um, this one had a fun little story. When you first walked in, it's like the, the castle or the house or whatever, you know, has been like burned down and caved in there's lots of rubble and so one of the first things you see is that frankenstein has been crushed by a beam and he's dead and then in the next scene you see the bride trying to bring him back to life and so throughout the house she's basically collecting body parts and collecting people and collecting like other monsters so she can put him back together and bring him back to life and that was really really fun uh, so that one also had, you know, a longer wait, but was less than advertised. So um, at that point, we were like, OK, you know, let's get some food. Let's take a little break, because at that point we had been in line for been in line and walking around for a couple of hours. Um, so after that, at that point, it was probably about nine. And so the park was like really, really crowded and all the wait times were about an hour or longer. (laughs) And so it was like, oh no, even the houses we didn't really want to do had long waits. So then it it became uh, a game of like, okay, (laughs) you know, what do we want to do? What's worth waiting for? Um, And so we, I did not get to do Texas Chainsaw because the wait was like a hundred minutes at that point. And we just, we just did not have the energy for it. Um, So we ended up doing two of the original houses. Um, We did Puppet Theater, uh, 
which was so good. Um, it was one of the original houses I wanted to do. Probably the the top original house I wanted to do. Um, it was super creepy. I mean, it's what it sounds like. There were tons of like mannequins and creepy puppets and um, something I've never seen in a house. Um, they had these racks of costumes in one room, but they were really tall, like, you know, eight feet tall. So you're just sort of walking through these racks of costumes and like, you know, somebody's going to be jumping out from these racks of costumes. Um, and there were some like really a couple of really big rooms with like lots of actors, um, not just on floor level, but um, there was somebody on like a little balcony. And also the facade of that one, when you walk, like when you walk by where you go in, had a really, really elaborate sort of setup. So that one was really great. And uh, the last one we got to do was Case Files Unearthed, which was not one I was interested in. Um, but it had at that point, we were sort of like winding down and it had the shortest line. <laughs> so we were like, OK, we can squeeze in. We have the energy for one more. Um, we'll do that one. And even though it's not one I would have chosen, it was really cool because it was basically like a gumshoe detective uh, you know, pulp novel, noir, noir, noir <laughs> type situation. Um, so the setting was like, it was supposed to be the 90s, but it felt like the 40s. Uh, very, it felt very LA confidential, which was super cool. And so it, at first, there's a lot going on in the story. So it's a little bit difficult to like parse out all the details, but you walk in and there's been like a murder in this building in this like crappy little apartment. And, um, so you're, there's a voiceover of the gumshoe and he's trying to find the murderer or whatever. And then he basically determines that it's not just a murderer. There's like this supernatural monster killing people. So you start out kind of in a normal world of murder mystery. And then you end up in this almost like sci-fi monster thriller by the end. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like the spookiest or scariest, but it was unlike anything else I've ever seen at Halloween Horror Nights. Um, whereas I think some of the other houses, like maybe the pumpkin one or whatever would be what you would typically think of as a spooky house. So I really appreciated the originality of that one. And I'm really glad we ended up doing it. So for those of you keeping score, that's four houses. There were 10 houses total. So we didn't get to do even half of the houses. Um, and we didn't get to do any of the rides. All the rides had super long lines. Um, so the four we did are, like I said, not necessarily the four I would have maybe chosen if I could do, if I had any choice. Um, but I am glad that we did the four that we did. We got, um, you know, we got Haunting of Hill House, Bride of Frankenstein, Puppet Theater, Case Files. So I feel like we got sort of two mainstream properties and two original houses, which was a good mix. Um, I know a lot of people were raving about Beetlejuice. Um, I'm sure it was cool, but that one was just not one on the top of my list. Um, I'm I the horror like comedy ones are really never at the top of my list. Um, I want to do you know the really straight horror stuff. Um, so so, but I have heard really good things about the Beetlejuice house. So had we had more time, I certainly would have tried to make that one happen. Moving on to the scare zones. Scare zones in general can be kind of hit or miss just depending upon what the theme is and, you know, how the atmosphere plays out. I have to say the scare zones were just a little bit meh this year. There weren't any that I really loved. There were definitely, it felt like less scare actors, which I'm, because everybody's having, you know, staffing issues. But I'm honestly fine with that because I'm a less is more 
when it comes to these kind of things. Um, I think you don't need a ton of people like in your face all the time. So it felt just a little bit sparse, but that wasn't really a, a problem. It was more just the theming. There weren't any themes that I thought really thought were like, oh, this is this is spooky, spooky. There were some kind of fun ones. Uh, Crypt TV was the best. If you're not familiar, Crypt TV, um, they do a bunch of like short films and they've got some characters that have become fairly iconic. And like like the birch, I don't know if you've ever seen the birch, but it's this tall, creepy tree. Um, so the, the birch was there and, and uh, a lot of just unsettling kind of creepy setups in that scare zone. However, it was also the most congested. So you couldn't really walk slowly and like take in the scenes because it was just a sea of people trying to get from point A to point B. So even though it was the, the best scare zone in terms of like characters and atmosphere, it was the hardest scare zone to get through. So that wasn't great. Another interesting one of note was uh, Seek and Destroy. And it was the zone over by the Mummy roller coaster and the Tribute Store. And it was like alien robots. Um, so it had more of a sci-fi feel, which was fun. But they all had on these like white suits and these really cool helmets. And like the face was just like a screen. So you can't see a face at all, but they can certainly see you. So that was that was a pretty unique scare zone. 30 Years, 30 Fears was like the main scare zone when you walk into the park and go down the middle of the street. And it had just some characters from throughout the years. I'm sure it would pair well with the Icons house that I did not get to do that had all of the like Jack and the caretaker and the projectionist and all of the classic, you know, Halloween Horror Nights characters. However, it had this like new metal soundtrack with it which I think is appropriate for just a generic overview of Halloween Horror Nights. But it like it took over kind of the whole atmosphere of the whole park. Um, there wasn't really any corner of the park that was more low key and atmospheric. It felt just like super upbeat and super intense, just like the whole night. It's like you almost never had a moment to just kind of relax and breathe and just enjoy the spookiness. Um, so that wasn't great. <laughs> um, however, I will say that scare zone was a pretty spectacular entrance because there was this big scaffolding with Halloween Horror Nights in, you know, neon on the top and they had the tall, uh, creepy people on stilts. Um, so it definitely made an impact. It just that the soundtrack in particular of that one just sort of took over the atmosphere. Um, a couple other things I want to mention before we roll out of here is um, the Tribute Store was really great. Uh, the Tribute Store is always a lot of fun. It's uh, it's the store with all of the Halloween Horror Nights merch, but also has cool stuff, just like history of Halloween Horror Nights. And since this was 30, they had like all the old brochures. They had masks. They had just all kinds of cool stuff. So it was fun to like shop. But it was also fun to just walk through and look at all the display cases. Um, it was themed like an old haunted house. And so everything on the inside was like dusty and old furniture and books and stuff like that. And there was like no one in there. So it was it was nice and cool. You could just sort of walk around at le your leisure, take your time. It was maybe the only place in the park that didn't feel hectic and rushed. Um, so we really enjoyed our time in there. And um 
it seemed bigger this year than it's ever been. Like we went through the main part. We were going out and we're like, oh, there's another room. And then we went out of that and we were like, oh, there's another room. And then at the end, it was um, there was like this dessert case and you could get snacks and stuff. And I was like, this is huge. Like, I do not remember it ever being this huge. So definitely the tribute store was great. Um, I did not end up buying anything, but they had this little like uh, bomber type jacket with Frankenstein on it. This, and it said Universal Horror Nights. And I... It came very close to buying that one. But then I decided, like, when am I ever going to wear this? <laughs> I suppose I could find a time and a place. But Tribute Store was not to be missed. Um, we don't usually do a lot of food and beverage at Halloween Horror Nights because we're just we're there for the events. And we just don't waste a lot of time on food and drink. Um However, I looked ahead of time just to see what kind of, you know, fun, spooky beverages they would have. And um, I had to seek out the Jack's Old Fashioned Jack and Coke. Um, It was so good. (laughs) It was basically like a boozy cherry Coke. So it was your typical, you know, Jack and Coke, whiskey and Coke. But it also had a cherry brandy and I think one other thing in it. But it was not overly sweet. Uh, It was like the perfect refreshing beverage in the middle of the night. So I hope they bring that back again. Anytime Jack is involved in the event, I feel like they need to bring back the Jack's Old Fashioned because it was very good. So overall, this was not the most fun event for me. And I think a lot of that has to do with just us being jet lagged from two days of travel and the event being so crowded. Um, I think we already just weren't at the highest energy levels and just did not quite have what it takes to just stand in an hour long line for every house. Also, it was just David and I. And it's so much better to go with friends, especially friends that you don't see all the time, because then even if you are waiting in line, long lines, you visit, you catch up and the lines go by really fast. So I think if we had had more energy or if it had been a weeknight event, we would have had a better time. It's hard for me to really comment on how good the event was because we just we didn't get to do enough of it. Um, we didn't get to ride rides like we usually do. We, we didn't even get to go in half the houses. Um, the houses that I we did get to go in were like, some were good, some were not as good. So to me, it just didn't feel like as strong of an event. But I also feel like I can't really give a completely fair assessment of the event since I didn't, since I didn't get to do so many of the houses. So I definitely think that we will probably never go on a weekend uh, again unless we can get express passes because it just it was I'm still really glad we went and we had fun. But man, when it's crowded, it just really changes the whole experience. And like I said, if you're not there with a big group just in the middle of the horde, um, it's just hard. It just really takes something away from it. So I don't know um, when we'll get to go back to Halloween Horror Nights again. Um, We will be back in Orlando next year, but it's going to be uh, in November. So I don't know. I guess I'll just I'll keep an eye on it. And uh, when they have a group of houses that I really love, uh, maybe they'll be able to suck me back in. I know they'll be able to suck me back in and um, we'll come on a weeknight and it'll be perfectly uh, magical again.
So I would love to hear if you have been to Halloween Horror Nights um, and you went to some of the houses that I didn't get to go to, I would love to know your thoughts. What was your favorite? Did I totally mess up and choose the wrong houses? Um, Did you have the Jack's Old Fashioned? But um, until next time, folks, happy Halloween. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.